Do you want to be the absolute best candidate for a job you'll love in a career with balance? Veteran leadership career catalyst Jonathan Flax is teaming up with leading executive search professionals to provide you with cutting-edge career transition strategies. Welcome to Career Transition Experts. And now, here's your host, Jonathan Flax. Okay, what I find in my work as a career coach uh, and a career um, executive leadership career catalyst is a lot of times my clients ask me, can you help my son or my nephew or my niece or you know, someone who's uh, in college looking to get their first job or they're in the early stages of their career? And while a lot of the aspects of a career transition are common no matter what age a person is, is in, I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Eileen Ryan specializes in helping people, college graduates and uh, college students looking at their first jobs and people early on in their careers. She is the author of two fantastic workbooks. One is called Resumes, How to um, Inside Secrets. It's called Resumes, Inside Secrets to Grab a Recruiter's Attention and Interviews, Inside Secrets to Grab a Recruiter's Attention. So uh, let me say hello. Thank you very much for being here. Eileen Ryan. Thank you for inviting me. Very good. Uh, so let's start with what do you think are the most important things we should cover in this conversation today? Let's start, begin with the end of mind. What are we going to make sure people learn today? I think that they need to know that this is all in the presentation. And I think that that's lost with, with a lot of students. The other thing is in preparation. Uh, they walk into interviews with no preparation whatsoever. Uh, you know, I think back to before I was recruiting and I say, gee, I wish I knew then what I know now. So what is going to catch my attention? And the reality is, is that 75% of all interview questions are the same. If that's mm. the case, then be prepared with answers for that interview. Mm. So it's kind of like, you know, students took the PSATs and that's great. And now they know what, where they need help. And then they went and took an SAT course. Great. So now you studied and then you go take the SATs to improve your scores. Well, interviews are the same thing. You have to prepare. And the more you prepare, the more confident you're going to feel and the better you're going to do in the interview. That's really great. So tell me a little bit about how you work with your clients, how they find you and, and where do you start? Uh, I work with clients who are either in high school, who are applying to colleges, who are looking for college students, looking for internships, co-ops, or college graduates who are having difficulty in getting and generating calls and, and finding employment after they graduate. So I work with people one-on-one, -on -one, privately, via Skype, now that we're all at home for so long. Uh, but I've been working with, through Skype for a couple of years now. Uh, or I work in a group situation, or I am a speaker at events. And I wrote these books really to share the secrets with everyone. This is what you need to do. It's, it's this simple. Mm. Okay, great. So let's talk about college students for, for starters. Um, how prepared do you say most college students are uh, to address the job market? In what way do you find that they are well prepared? In what way do you find they really need to work harder on preparation? I think that they're more career focused now. I think that they have the education, but they're not presenting themselves well. Mm. Okay. And, and really, a resume is a marketing tool. It's branding yourself 
onto the job market. And I think a lot of students are having problems that they're not really bringing out the best attributes in mm. their So they're very generic and they really need to be a little bit more specific, uh, not only in objective, but in keywords in their resumes and also just how to present the information. A resume is an exercise in information graphics. The hardest thing to do is to market yourself, you ask for help. It's okay to ask someone. Uh, they can earn some major brownie points if they ask mom and dad, okay, mm -hmm. to proofread or to, to help them bring out their attributes and, and they have their best interest at heart. Mm. You know, I find uh, difficulty in presenting the best, bringing out their best is, uh, is uh, something even seasoned CEOs sometimes have trouble. Seasoned C-suite and, and VP level executives come to me, I, I find out in asking them questions that they've hidden some of their best accomplishments. Now, people early on in their careers may not have a lot of career accomplishments. How, how do you recommend that they, they express that? How do they, how do they find ways to present that? They really need to think about what the job is going to entail. So a lot of times they'll do a generic resume without even looking at the job description. They really need to customize their resume for each job description and make mm -hmm. it easy for the recruiter to say, yes, this would be a perfect person for this job. Mm -hmm. so for example, I had a student who uh, was applying for a job for, uh, as a computer and uh, uh, software engineer. Okay. And he wasn't writing down the exact software not, uh, programs that languages that he knew. Also, he had this great audio background that he played multiple instruments. Wow. Guess what? The company he was applying for or applying to needed audio. Okay, it was for a home automation and audio equipment, and and he has a music background. But that wasn't coming across in his resume until I started talking to him. We started pulling the information out and developing his skills and he got hired. So that's mm. great. Excellent. You know, I'm often asked about length of resume and, um, uh, you know, uh, just yesterday I spoke to a, a C-level executive recruiter who said it's okay on his level to spill onto three pages. I like to, call, uh, to craft resumes with my clients that are a page and a half so that they're very digestible and that, you know, the first page has the highlights. What's your sense of length of resume for someone early on in their career? You know, the, the students nowadays are doing so much. This isn't only about what they're doing as work experience, applicable or non-applicable. It's also all the projects and the organizations they're involved in and, and their breadth of experience. So I don't believe in the one-page resume. I think you need to spell it out a little bit. Uh, that doesn't mean you need to be writing every single little detail in a resume. Right. Uh, but, you know, if they don't have applicable work experience, then what they do have is projects that they've worked on. So if someone has worked on a water pump in college as a product, as a project, they need to find a place in their resume that says water pump. So this way, my client or the companies will see that this person has experience at this level with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the resume is one page. It's sometimes hard to put it in, but that doesn't mean they can't go to a second page with their project with their projects. The reality is, is we don't print things out anymore. 
<laughs> we, we scroll down on the computer. It's very rare that I print out a resume. So what difference does it make if I'm scrolling down one page or scrolling down two pages? With that said, I wouldn't go three pages. That gets a little long for someone who's early on in their career. That's really uh, wise. Okay, got it. So that's uh, interesting because I have otherwise heard and, uh, you know, the, the, some, some of the old traditions uh, still linger. And um, most people still think a one-page resume is uh, an important limit especially someone with less than five years. So it's really interesting to hear, very refreshing to hear an alternative, really great. Well, the reality um, is, is the colleges are telling students to do one page. And that's because they only have a certain amount of real estate when, when companies come into the colleges and they wanna give each student the equal amount of real estate. Hmm. But if a student is going out onto the open market they have the right to look as good as they can possibly look. Uh, mm. and they don't have to follow any guidelines. And that's mm. all my clients. Yeah, yeah. Uh, say a little more about what you're discovering about the difference between um, uh, what you've seen work in terms of companies hiring and what the colleges are saying. Um, I remember when you and I first met, we were talking about that. Uh, and the, the, the companies are really looking for specific experience. They're looking for a great training, but they're looking for someone who's going to be a good cultural fit in the company as well. Mm. So it's different when you're applying for colleges. Colleges accept many, many different students. Okay, so there's not just one seat, there's thousands of seats. But when uh, students are going to apply for jobs, there may be just one position. If mm. there's one position, then they have to beat out the competition. So they mm. want to make sure that they look as good as possible and, and come across as competitive as possible and as good of a fit for that position better than anyone else. Uh, uh, cool. Tell us a little bit about what you shared with me, your touring of the colleges and some of the other things you discovered. Uh, yes, say more about your tour. <laughs> it's a lot of experience that people really can respect. Uh, I toured many different colleges uh, across the U.S. and even spoke with some people out of the country. And what I'm finding is that the colleges are telling them are telling students one-page resumes. They're being very generic in their resumes. So there are so many organizations now that you do so much for them. So one of the organizations that I'm involved with is First Robotics. First Robotics is a global organization inspiring children into STEM fields. It's K through 12 program, fully volunteer globally. Uh, and what I was finding is they were telling people to put it as a club. And anyone who's part of a, an organization like that or Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts or FBLA or DECA or any of these organizations, there's so much more involved than just showing up at a meeting. Okay, there's fundraisers, they run them as businesses, there's activities, there's engineering, there's so much more, and that experience needs to be expanded on the resumes. Great, okay, great. Um, I ask uh, my guests, what is some uh, one or some of the stupidest things you've seen smart people? You, you see very smart students coming out of college and young people are so tech savvy and you know, uh, what, what, but what's some of the stupidest things you've seen smart people do? Uh, the latest one, 
couple. <laughs> the latest one is something that can be so controlled uh, is proper etiquette on an mm. interview. Uh, so we just had someone in for, uh, for an interview who didn't do well because he was chewing gum on the interview. Mm. And this is going to be a customer facing position. Well, they lost the job. Uh, a story from years ago, uh, because I come from a family of recruiters, uh, is that someone went to lunch for a business lunch and they held the fork wrong. Mm -hmm. So this wow. is going to be a problem for, our, for an executive sales position that mm -hmm. needed proper etiquette on the interview. Mm -hmm. so Got it. Those are things that can be controlled. Yeah, I think at any age, if you have any concerns or questions whatsoever about uh, any etiquette, one should, like you said earlier, ask for help. Um, any other rec- Our etiquette lessons. <laughs> Maybe we should bring that back. <laughs> Maybe, I appreciate that. Um, what other suggestions do you have? Uh, what is one of your favorite recommendations or what people respond to as one of their favorite recommendations that, that's your own secret sauce for applying for jobs? or going through the job search process, the interview process, what, what else do you recommend? Uh, don't just apply to one job and then sit back and wait. Mm. You're yeah. putting eggs into one basket and that's not doing anyone any good. This is a numbers game. The more you apply, the more chances you have of winning the game, winning mm. the game, getting hired. So if you're just applying to one and then sitting back, that's not going to do anything. Okay, now maybe you'll get lucky and you'll get hired at that one job and it's your dream job and congratulations. I'm very happy for them. Uh, but you really need to kind of get yourself out there. So not only in applications, but in networking. And that's hmm. really hard for a lot of people. Not everyone is comfortable reaching out and networking and, and extroverted that way. Yeah, I'm going to build on that a little bit. Sometimes people will apply, apply, and then there's something promising. And then they'll slow down saying, oh, I think I have this. And whether they consciously decide it or just more kind of drift off like, oh, that a plane cross is so painful. Now I have something looks promising. I'm going to take a break. It intuitively makes sense. But when they have gotten something promising, the better move would be to continue applying and building on that strength and increasing the odds. They did something right, they should try to replicate what they did that was right, rather than rest on that. So it's a good point, I'm glad you're drawing that out. I tell people that they need to be applying to, if their full-time job is job hunting, they yeah. should be applying to five, 10 jobs a day. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that they should be applying to jobs that they're not interested in. Mm -hmm. okay. that, that becomes a big waste of time. If they're not interested in the job, they don't want it, but they need to push themselves and, and find different ways of connecting with people. Yeah, very good. Um, let's talk about your recruiting business and some of uh, the clients you work with. What's your philosophy in terms of dealing with clients and what are you seeing in terms of how companies are hiring or thinking about hiring during the pandemic, uh, this COVID-19 that's happening now? Uh, it, the recruiting business is really a relationship business. Okay, and I have relationships with my candidates. I have relationships with my with the companies uh, and uh, someone who's a candidate today can be a client's company tomorrow. So it does switch both sides, but it's really all about building relationships and networking with people. Mm -hmm. And how, how do you um, like to be known? Like what's 
what would you like to be known about you? If we interviewed 10 of your, um, the companies you work for, uh, and they all said one thing in common, what would that thing, what would that description be about you that that's in, they have, they would say in common? Uh, I think that I try to really partner with my candidates. I try to represent their best interests as well as my company's best interest. Mm -hmm. I really feel that it should be an open line of communication on both sides, you mm -hmm. know, representing both the company and then switching over and representing the candidate and mm -hmm. playing matchmaker in between the two of them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I really get that open communication is something that uh, I would say is a strength of yours. I can sense already from our interactions. It's really great. <laughs> Well, what else uh, is important to you? Do you have any causes that you uh, contribute to or hold near and dear to your heart? Uh, I have been, a, as I said, I was involved in FIRST Robotics. I've been a mentor for 10 years. Uh, I am a judge, a volunteer, and a presenter. I'm always involved in some sort of community organization where, wherever I live. Okay, fantastic. And um, uh, just for fun, I like to ask, you have a favorite rock group or musical act or singer or songwriter? Uh, I have a lot of music interests, especially I live in South Florida now. There's a booming live music uh, environment down here, which we love. Yeah. Uh, I, I listen to big bands. I listen to Pink Floyd, to Led Zeppelin. You know, I, I run the gamut. Got it. Excellent. I just saw today someone sent me a video of the Miami Police Department did a concert on their rooftop. Uh, I'll forward that to you. Yeah, um, all the concerts are getting canceled. Very upset. I had tickets to go see Roger Waters. Uh, oh, wow. Being postponed. I saw The Wall three times. I'm a big, I was a big Pink Floyd fan throughout the years. I saw that at Yankee Stadium a couple of years ago. It was great. <laughs> yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, great. Well, Eileen, thank you so much for your time and for your insights. We're really grateful to you. And you. Uh, if people want to reach you, what's the best way to contact you? Uh, the best way is through my website, which is www.poundingpavement101.com. And my email address is on there and people can email me or call me at any time. Okay, very good. And that's in the, um, uh, our uh, show notes. We'll for, for sure put that in the show notes. Okay, fantastic. All the best. Uh, good you. luck to you every, and uh, enjoy every day. Bye for okay. now. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Career Transition Experts. Please make sure to listen to our next episode. And if at any time you want a clear view of the entire career transition process and a sense of where your strengths are and where your challenges are to work on, you'll get your free access to my career TPS assessment at careerexcitement.com. That's www.careerexcitement.com. TPS stands for Transition Performance Snapshot. This is Jonathan Flax wishing you outstanding career success and satisfaction in balance. Looking forward. Bye for now.